From the iHeartRadio studios in New York City, come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else in their distorted minds, it's Brando and Scotto. And this is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 25. Uh, My name is Brando. With me, as always, is my partner in perfect crime. Scotto, comma, Ian, what's going on, salty dog? Not much, but this is the first time that we've uh, we've done this. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, very few people know this. This is kind of inside. But the fact that the first time we attempted to do a live stream of any part, I was like, wow, I'm really not into this. Let's stop this. But now that we have like a professional setup at, you know, my regular place of business, this is a little bit more comfortable, at least for me. No, it is comfortable and weird for me. Because uh, you're not behind the board. So that's- I'm not behind the board because usually we do this uh, in the iHeartRadio studios in, in Tribeca. And we, I wanted to come down and, and try these new studios. I mean, if you're a, a fan of Ian Scotto, who isn't, and a fan <laughs> of the show, you've heard him mentioned soft rep a yeah. lot. And we're in the soft rep studios. And I know, how this is what, two months old? or is uh, Since May. So A little longer than yeah. that. I, I'm not very good at math. Just about uh, four months. So this is just this is pretty badass. I like this. There's a bunch of starter companies. This is... Yeah. I dig I it, like man. this. I know I like this. And I like the fact that we're doing a live podcast. Look at this. I got papers out. I don't have a board in front of me. This is weird. Yeah, and this is like a makeshift studio of sorts because it's not, you know, it's not a real radio studio. But nowadays, you could kind of make any room into a somewhat professional broadcasting I've, studio. I've worked for professional, quote, professional <laughs> uh, broadcasting companies, and their studios look like shit. So congratulations. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, episode 25 of this Guns N' Roses podcast that we've been doing for over uh, a year now uh thanks to everybody who listened to the last episode with chris weber just an amazing episode getting to speak to the guy who did hollywood rose before axel was axel before izzy was izzy uh first thing on the docket so i don't forget because of that episode and i think he was time stamped by uh let's just say uh, his name is jeff i want to give his his last name by the way i'm opening the blinds a little bit and i will (laughs) <laughs> just, and the reason being, I realized it's kind of dark in here. I was like, it needs a little sunlight. So we're, we're kind of just doing shit on the fly no, here. Which is but fine. I'll let you get into the new This is our uh, live era yep, episode yeah. of our Guns N' Roses podcast. And much like a Guns N' Roses show, shit may happen. Although lately, uh, they've been great. Yeah. So I do want to mention on our uh, last episode, we had our friend on John Miller. If you're unfamiliar with John, he's uh, an actor, he's a screenwriter, he's been working on a movie about the young uh, Axl Rose, uh, also working on a movie about the making of the movie, so he's been on a bunch of times, he's co-hosted with me. Uh, He's actually co-hosting the next show, we'll talk about that after. But he he mentioned, uh, when we first met met him, he he has a, I'm trying to think of how to put it uh, perfectly, he he protects Guns N' Roses like kind of like a um, like a mother bird, a mother hen. You know, if you say anything derogatory or he may think is is a fake news, he attacks. So he just brought up a couple of. Um, I think he he mentioned Alternative Nation. He's he's not a big fan of that site, but we had to say that we are now because they they picked up some of our stories. Uh, but for, I don't know. John says like sometimes they manipulate some of the facts. That's just what. Uh, he has said, and we'll bring on John to talk about this in another episode. Uh, but he also mentioned the site called GNR Central. It didn't compute to me because there's so many awesome fan sites out there for Guns N' Roses, including this one, podcast, fan site, whatever you want to say. Uh, but John apparently berated them around like 18 minutes, and we said nothing. I had no idea. I was yeah. just like, ah, sometimes here. I just, you know, I, I assume this is something I don't know anything about. And right. I let him go. And I guess like it was funny that we had a discussion before we had our buddy, uh, our, our renegade, renegade journalist buddy, Art Devana on. We told him to calm himself <laughs> and not say anything too crazy. John, I don't know, I think he called them posers or whatever. So we got a message from uh, Jeff, who's a big fan of the podcast. So does he listen to, uh, to every episode? And I, I think John may have just went a little too far. Uh, just thinking that this site spreads false rumors or 
But I, I want to just bring that up because I want to put the uh, invitation out to those in GNR Central to come on the show with or without John, just talk it out. Because uh, Jeff ends his message by saying we're all in the same GNR family. And I agree with that. Unless you're doing something malicious, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I wanted to get that out that GNR Central, they seem like wonderful people. And uh, sorry we didn't, um, you know, kind of moot that, you know, nip that in the butt as soon as that was said. Yeah. I was going to throw out there because I was just on Twitter before we started <coughs> that um, Art Tavana is apparently the MTV VMAs right he now is. as we do this episode. He's just like a man about town doing. All the big media events, whether it's uh, music-related or politics-related, you know. In a live episode, no cough button. Yeah. Well, I, I actually yeah. went like that. I oh, turned you... Yeah. Oh, and I turned okay. You back no, up. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, Art is great, and he wants to come on more up until his uh, Guns N' Roses book comes out. Yeah. So he's going to be on more. You know, he's... Him and uh, John, or what I like to call our, our bad apples, you know, the people who are just, uh, you know, friends of the show who come on, and so... Uh, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, but on a lighter message note, and we'll get into, like, the fungi in our stuff. I don't uh, your voice fucked up in the middle of the first live stream. No, it did. And I actually, I'm going through puberty. If you uh, want me again. to read these, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. It happens, dude. I'll flip over this table. No, yeah. I got to, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hot in here. It, dude, it's I'm super hot in here. I'm schwitzing. It's fucking hot in here. Uh, so um, Anna from Portugal, she's somebody who's messaged us uh, a lot, and it's just blown me away that we get messages and emails from people from different continents and everything. So she uh, wrote us after the Chris Weber episode, uh, acknowledging she's listened now to every single one, and she noticed something that I appreciate, and I know you appreciate, and I want to bring it up to uh, new viewers or listeners or whatever, that we get these third and fourth players kind of in the GNR universe. And we respect them. We respect everybody who comes on this show. That's why I mentioned, you know, GNR Central. They haven't been on the show yet, but I like to show respect unless you disrespect me first. Uh, so we can, of course, pepper them with GNR questions, but we got to talk to them, of course, about their projects, their life. So that's important. So when we ever, ever have a guest on, it's not just straight GNR. It's just, it's, uh, I don't know, kind of like a fluff piece or, you know, whoever we have coming on. So uh, with that, I do want to mention next episode that we're going to find out this crazy story, man. Uh, I'll be co-hosting with John uh, Miller. Uh, Raz Q, who I guess was the first manager of L.A. Guns and knew Axel and Izzy before, you know, back in the day. He just wrote a book, The Days of Guns and Razzes. He's never done an interview. He's never done a podcast. His book is on um, Amazon right now. So we're going to be speaking with him. And the first thing I noticed, and I'll end right here with this part of it. Sure. The the uh, the cover of the book has two handicap logos, <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know, I have you know, like, a handicap. My 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 cane is in the background over there. I feel like a weatherman trying to point. Yeah. Uh, that he's a quadriplegic now. Oh wow. So this is going to be you know t- talking to him of who claims that Axl Rose was the first singer of L.A. Guns. We're going to talk about that. That's cool. We're going to talk about how, you know, what it's like to be quadriplegic now. And, of course, I relate with handicappedness. So that's the next episode. Anyway, I feel like I've talked way too much at the beginning of this. <laughs> well, you also wanted to talk about news just going on right now with GNR, right? Oh, Before yeah, sure. No, I topics. guess I did my uh, my homework. So uh, tonight, uh, actually, because if you're watching this live, you tonight, if you're on a replay, you, you, you it's not uh, relevant. Uh, tonight, they're going to be in uh, Saskatchewan in Connecticut. Uh, where my uh, ex girlfriend just saw them in Ottawa, and she saw them last year, I believe, in Toronto. Says that they were better even this year. Nice. Believes Axel has even lost more weight. So, I mean, like, I guess it matters, but he's pumping up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, a couple other silly things. Duff hit a million followers on Twitter. I know that's maybe silly, but I don't know. I, I look at it in the age of social media and how classic of a band that they are. And he's not Axel. He's not yeah. Duff. That he got a million followers. Pretty cool. Uh, also, interesting, he tweeted happy birthday to Gilby Clark, who's 55. I mean, I'm sure they're just friends, but... Sure, yeah. I don't know. I could think it, it of, like... It's speculation. Is there going to be a spaghetti incident reunion? <laughs> you never I, mean, I think the thing is, there's not, uh, like, unless you're diehard, there's not a huge outcry of, like, we want Gilby Clark. No, the same I way mean, that we want Izzy or we want I know, Steven. I know, but it could still be a, a cool thing. Uh, 30 years of McBob. If you don't know who McBob is... He's the one that introduces the band every single uh, show. Yeah. 
which is just so cool. That yeah, he's, he's got the best voice for that. You know, uh, you wanted the best. Well, they didn't fucking make it. Well, to be fair, he's only been doing it again since the reunion, right? I don't think he did it during I, the Axel and Friends days. He, you know what? I'll correct it. He's been working with Duff for 30 years. Gotcha. That's what okay. Duff said. I've, 30 years. Yeah, because come to think of it, didn't... Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Dear, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know we're going to get corrected on uh, my GNR form if we get oh, to share absolutely. Wrong, so, which yeah. we lovingly, you know, say. Absolutely. Um, and I think the last of just short news is that Slash is the very first global brand ambassador of uh, Gibson Guitars. Very cool. So I just think that's cool that, you know, not just Axel, but Slash and Duff continue to make their careers and into what phase of their life, wherever this reunion goes, that they're just moving on. So it's, it's, it's awesome. So that's it for news, Ian. Yeah. Well, well, so getting into main topics here, I remember we said the first thing we want to hit on, because we have like three major topics that I that you and I kind of wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. First of which was this Slash photo, which I don't know as much about as you. This was something that you've really looked into. So. All right. So we were both, you actually told me about this uh, GNR fan spot uh, site on Facebook, right? Yeah. And it's interesting to see how a story develops. Because I think that's what happened, why this band reunited, that they got rid of like all like the lies that are out there and bullshit. And you just saw, I saw a story develop and just what it came into. And I think that's actually why I got out of journalism. I recognized that shit in college. And I see what our buddy Art Nirvana does, deals with now, just how you can just change anything. So yeah. uh, basically there was a fan that wrote on a, on a Facebook post uh, along with pictures that Slash gave uh, the middle finger. And uh, Slash hasn't spoken about this, but uh, this guy, uh, Thunder Ram, I don't know any relation to Ramrod, hmm. on uh, my GNR forum said he's met and uh, spoke with Slash numerous times over the past 20 years. Stalker! Uh, but he's very, uh, very accommodating and polite and down to earth. And I guess just this one time that he just gave him the finger, and he's like, maybe he was just being uh, an asshat. By the way, never heard the term asshat until I spent time in Canada. Never heard that term. I've heard, I've heard it a bunch. I, I don't know. It was, it was new to me. So uh, so basically Slash was being uh, an asshat to him and then forgave him. And then there's just like another follow-up story. If you want to just follow like how the news is that uh, Slash did, I was happy to sign photos of somebody who came from Colombia, uh, so he broke his no-signing rules. Because you see uh, Axel out there signing autographs, so yeah. it's just weird to see Slash not doing it. But the reason I bring that Which up... Which is surprising, because at some point, uh, Axel said he was done with signing autographs because he was tired of seeing stuff on eBay. Yeah, uh, I think I've told this story before on the air when I saw Velvet Revolver for the first time years ago at Starland Ballroom. Uh, it's, it's in Bumblefuck. It's in the middle of nowhere. Not to be confused with Bumblefoot. Not to be. If, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, so I just saw a bunch of fans running in the back before the show. Everyone's waiting online hours before, and it was Slash and Duff back there signing autographs. And someone brought out what I imagined was a Gibson. Uh, it was like a white Gibson. And give it, because like, you just randomly have that going to a Velvet Revolver show. And Slash gives him a look. It's like, I know what you're going to do with that. So I, I get it. I completely get it, and it pisses me off that, you know, that these are, like, dedicated fans, you know, out there wanting to get these pictures. And it's fucking creepy. Look at this. Look, this is just, like, the yeah. back of Slash's head. That's fucking Wait, is weird, that, is man. Is that on a plane? Or? That's on a plane. Yeah, yes. but, dude, you'd be it's doing the same in the thing. Airport. I would be. If you happen to be seated behind oh, Slash. Oh, I've, I've done it. I yeah. actually, you know, it, it's weird, and I, and I admit I'm weird. Uh, I don't think it would be able to be brought up on uh, the camera. Actually, I think I deleted it. I took a weird picture because Alice Cooper was in the office the other day, and I just took a picture of him walking up the ramp, but I didn't post it. Uh, I, so you know what? I never do that with like an like a odd story, though, attached to it about the other person. It's usually about me being a fucking freak. Like I know when I worked uh, with you, Elver, at Sirius, yeah. I didn't see Avril. I didn't see her, but I took a picture of like, her mic stand and shit because I'm a weirdo. So I think that's different. The, the guitar you, thing I was going to say, though, it does happen sometimes that it is a fan. I mean, I remember... You're bringing that to a show? Well, the thing that I remember, It's though, not like it's a bar mitzvah blow-up guitar. You, you and I are both fans of uh, what was the Opie and Anthony show. Yes. And I remember a story of, I think it was uh, Danny who worked on the show. He was, like, running to get a... Um, whatever guitar it is that Dave Mustaine plays from the guitar shop that used to be outside where Sirius was. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted Dave Mustaine to sign a guitar for him. And I don't even remember how the whole thing worked out, but, I mean, it is possible that you want to hang a guitar signed by Slash. I mean, it would be 
It would be a cool thing to have, so. Yeah, I guess, but for argument's sake, let's just yeah. say that guy was just wanting to sell it. Sure, Which sure. is, it happens likely, a lot. I get what you mean. It happens a lot. So that, just seeing, and, and, but what I did like from the press, and the, uh, that they said they, that they enjoyed the reaction from Slash. You know, that I think what was the, the title of this article was Slash flipping off uh, Guns Roses fan at airport is awesome. So I do in, enjoy that part, part of it because that's something that I have to deal with when I'm working in these places. I mean, I, I don't know how you were. It's serious. You're not as much of a teeny bopper as I am <laughs> wanting to get pictures with people. You kind of have to show respect. I mean, I told the story where I met Bumblefoot uh, years ago at his first leg of the tour. Super nice. I'm respectful. You got to be respectful. Yeah, I agree. And then just to randomly post this and because nothing gets misconstrued on Facebook and yeah. in, in comment threads. So it's just I a, know what you mean. So I wanted, I wanted to, to bring that up because that's something that just doesn't always relate to Guns N' Roses, of course. It relates to fucking everybody. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this. We're checking out the Facebook stream. I will admit, as you said it earlier, because you guys aren't here, so you don't understand. It is like crazy stuffy and hot in here on the weekend. For, Let's just get naked, man. For, uh, for some reason, I guess they just turned the AC off. Are you really about <laughs> there? No, no. They no. turned the AC off. Uh, on the weekend, because no one really uses this place. But yeah, uh, it's a little warm. But we wanted to try. Yeah. Um, We're making know, this it. kind We're of episode. So with this, you yeah, know, uh, I can't. I don't have my sound effects, you know, button. So I feel a little bit naked. You know, I usually like. Well, well what were you hit? You said with this. Oh, with this certain thing, I don't know. Something, some sort of obviously Jewish soundbite. The way that I, I operate. Um, but the, so anyway, the the next it's thing. It's hot that, here. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to get into <laughs> was that there. Um, oh, so recently I watched the Oasis documentary Supersonic, and I'm not a. Is it huge, new? It. I think it came out about a year ago. Okay. Uh, the way I heard about it was that uh, Liam Gallagher was on uh, Howard Stern. And he was, you know, out promoting his solo stuff. They talked about the documentary. And it was a pretty cool um, interview, a good appearance. He, he performed uh, Wonderwall. And I was like, man, screw it. Like, I was never a huge Oasis fan. But I was like, these guys have some awesome fucking songs. They and, do. And I mean, I like their, their singles. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, no, I'm same here. But I'm getting into some of the other stuff. But uh, so I thought it was an interesting interview. I figured I got to check out this documentary, which I did. I watched it on Amazon. Once again, it's supersonic. And the thing about that band was, like, Noel Gallagher was this genius songwriter, great guitar player, but he didn't have a very rock and roll voice. Uh, you know, he's a decent singer, but he just doesn't have, like, that X factor. Mm -hmm. And Liam Gallagher, he has, like, a very distinct voice where it's almost effortless the way he sings. And you watch the documentary, he, he got a lot of those songs, like Champagne Supernova, he did in, like, one take. It was like Noel Gallagher sang it to him, and he was like, all right, I'll go in the studio and do it. And you watch him do it on mic in pretty much the first take, and that's what you hear on the album. Um, so, But these guys just could not manage to get along. It became at a point where Noel Gallagher was on stage singing all the songs. And it's difficult when, you know, it's, it's more than just a, a band not getting a, a, along. It's, it's family. Brothers, it's yeah. family. It's difficult. And they still have that tension. It was funny because Liam Gallagher was on uh, Howard, as I said, and was about to form Champagne Supernova. And Howard said, oh, I had Nolan here a while back. Uh, to perform Champagne Supernova. And Liam was like, oh, yeah, did he sing it like Dolly Parton? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he describes, like, how his brother sings. So what... He's always reason, good for a quote. Yeah. The, so the reason I'm bringing this up, this obviously is not an Oasis podcast, is the fact that I started to think, man, does every just excellent band that has something really special, is there just tension there? Does it just have to be that way? Because I was thinking, like, Motley Crue... Obviously, Guns N' Roses, needless to say, but like sure. Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Pink Floyd. Um, the Beatles, of the, course. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Van Halen. Black like, Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Pretty much every sure. great band I could think of. I know that you, you know, uh, the only one, your fat thunder. But. The only thing I could say is, is Rush. Yeah. But they're Canadian. But that's one and of everyone's the, nice up there. I mean, Nickelback's still together, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so what I was thinking about, though, is just... Is this what happens when you're on a tour bus with these guys? And, you know, I know for me, when I was living in my own house too long, like I, I have a great relationship with my parents, thank God, and very luckily. Um, but while I was staying there for a while and I was like approaching my 30s, my mom and I were fighting over a lot of like stupid stuff. Did that you we, make your that, bed? That we, <laughs> that we didn't need to be. 
And, Did you leave the seat up? And, and I figure I mean, that if you're if you're in a, on a tour bus with uh, you know four other guys, five other guys, there's going to be that tension there, and uh, it, it just makes me think: is is this a is this an ingredient that just unfortunately has to be there for every successful band? I don't know. I think with chaos comes that creativity. You know, uh, I think you can say that anything of like any sort of relationship. Don't they usually say like sometimes like angry sex is the best kind of sex? <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm wondering if, if that's what it is. And that's how you get out these certain songs, because otherwise you're singing about sunshine and rainbows. And yeah, uh, all the time. So you, you and and also if you're a band that came from nothing, which is most bands. And then all of a sudden you guys are worth millions of dollars and you have no tension then what's the next album going to be about? Like, there's, no one wants to hear you sing about your Lamborghini. There's, that's Right. There's too much of an evolution, a human evolution in that. Because I was actually just listening to uh, the first uh, Incubus record, right? Good album, yeah. S- uh, Science, to me, is their best record. But they evolved. Is that their first? Oh, no, no. Fungus Among Us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Second record. Uh, and it's just the way they've evolved and just kind of... You dated their their priorities in life and sound, so I think that's kind of just what happens to these bands. And sometimes when that happens, some members like that direction, other ones don't. Which reminds me of of Guns and like Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses, obviously. yeah. I mean, I'm gonna shift it to another band, but you know, I always mention the Deftones very often. And this last album that Who, came out... you did not fly down to Texas to go see open for Guns no, and Roses. I wonder what, how that was. What kind of fan you are, you? <laughs> um, so with their last album, Gore, before the album came out, Stefan Carpenter, their guitarist, was talking about, like, this is not really my style. I'm not, you know, he said, in, I think it was like Guitar World or something. This is not uh, the heaviness that I like to bring to the band. Right. And he made some quote where he was like, I, I feel like this band has left me. Hmm. And then a few months later, as the album came out, he, like, had a clarifying statement where he was like, but I got into some of the songs later. And to me, it sounded like, um, a little damage control there because I think that's just what happens with bands is that other members want to take certain directions and you, we've seen it with Guns N' Roses you know they've criticized um, the, the estranged video other members you mm-hmm. know like oh Axel Swimming with Dolphins like I thought this was like you know a dirty rock and roll band and that's not what they uh, evolved to see that's what I found uh, I find surprising because that's obviously what Slash and uh, felt you know he wanted a bluesy band and Axel's going in more of the uh, Elton John uh, direction, I guess that's what, but sure. uh, that's what Adler wanted too. He wanted, you know, dirty rock and roll band. And uh, I don't want to steal your thunder now, but we'll get, we'll get into it. Like what would new music sound yeah. like? Uh, Adler, who still is complaining about not being in this reunion, even though he's a part, he's been a part of it. Mm-hmm. Whether you, if you know, it's been like a couple songs and a handful of shows, he has been a part of that reunion. But I think he said it with Mitch LaFon, which, by the way, happy birthday, Mitch. Today's Mitch's birthday. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our buddy, um, one-on-one Mitch LaFon, who's on the uh, Chris Jericho network. Yeah, he's good, man. Jericho coming into iHeart on Tuesday, actually. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I And we always do sidetracks here. But yeah, I know. I actually But I, I will say, uh, I oh, never but, got into his band Fozzie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the single, uh, Judas, I really, I, did, I dig it. Good song. Oh, that just reminds me of the Lady Gaga song. Yeah. Who I'm seeing tomorrow at yeah. City Field. Have fun, man. I, uh, those are my, my big shows. Actually, uh, it's Lady Gaga, Guns N' Roses in October. I oh, was Lady Gaga, Guns N' and, Roses. I'm like, oh, I, uh, I didn't know that GNR was opening for Gaga. Uh, and I just uh, got tickets to go see Danzig. Nice. Yeah, uh, so I, I got to see uh, dancing. And uh, I will say this while I keep looking down, which I, I can multitask. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing my fancy draft. I forgot. To. <laughs> That's what you were looking at because I saw the stuff. I was, yeah, I was I got wondering my... if it was tweets or, yeah. No, I will say, because um, I, I did mention her and I saw that the message did pop up. Uh, I will say my friend, because I think it's a little bit more appropriate than my ex-girlfriend up in Ottawa, uh, who just saw Guns N' Roses. I believe she's seeing them again in Toronto, said she's watching live. Uh, stream and enjoying it so nice. hi uh so, but obviously I, for, I forgot about my live draft you know football draft so should we get into that next well then i could be of, well of, see this would, is uh, this is my axel rose halftime show of watching you know the nba finals or that story about what he was watching ninja turtles 2 secret of the ooze which yeah. is why he was late so i'm doing my fantasy draft while i'm doing uh, a podcast uh but the point going back on, on track, what Adler was has been saying that he wants it to be what it was, appetite. 
That's not what it's going to be. No. If you listen to Chinese, that's not what it's... And they're playing. It's not what it's going to be. So what would new music from Guns N' Roses sound like? Which is a great question. And, and that it, this one came to my mind uh, because I was driving around, and for the first time, I heard Weezer's single, Feels Like Summer. I, I think it was on, like, Hits 1 on Sirius or something. It might have been on one of the rock channels, but right. it's a very pop song. And it's a Guns N' Roses song. Did, did, did you even notice that? What? The G and R connection to the Weezer song? No, not at all. So you're just bringing that up randomly. Yeah, oh, just it were very randomly. So you did not see the video. That's this is just like uh, what's what? Well, it's it's fill it's, us it, in. it's uh, uh, an homage to Paradise City. He's even wearing like a Weezer. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that. I gotta watch jacket, the video like now. he like uh, Axel wore in the Paradise City oh, video. Nice, I gotta see that. And they tweeted out, and uh, good thing that you pay attention to our our own Twitter feed. <laughs> that uh, Rivers uh, put it out. He he dressed like Axel. They dressed like Slash. It was it was not making fun of. No, uh, it was just an homage. So it's interesting that I gotta watch it. So now, now it gets to your awesome. point, though. Yeah. So no, I just randomly heard it, and I was like, this is a pretty cool song, and I rarely am into anything that's new in rock. And I didn't even know it was Weezer because of the fact there's some EDM influence there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a pop rock song. It fits into, you know, 2017 pop and rock. And I, I, I enjoyed it. But knowing that it's Weezer, I think what went through their mind, I think it's glaringly obvious, is they said, we got to make something that's going to appeal to a younger demographic um, that's going to reinvent ourselves and not just appeal to our old school fans, people who like, you know, the Blue Album and all the classic stuff. Um, so then juxtapose that with L.A. Guns has a new album coming out with the classic um, singer and guitarist, with, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tracy Guns and, why am I forgetting the singer's name at the moment? Uh, Tracy, of, of L.A. Guns? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil Lewis, Phil oh, Lewis. okay. Uh, drew, drew a blank there. So anyway, they have a new album coming out and the new single is Speed. And if you hear it, it sounds like an L.A. Guns song. It sounds like old L.A. Guns, mm -hmm. and it's good. It's a good rock song. However, you could tell they're not like, we need to appeal to millennials. We need to appeal to women, you know. Uh, or they Their just, base. This is, yeah, I don't think they have any interest or, you know, I the, the idea for them of putting out something that's going to bring on a whole new crowd uh, is not what they're going for. And, and Tracy Guns has even said before, like, he's kind of jokingly said, like, hey, we're like a D-list 80s band and we know where we fit in and i don't think they ha they're under any illusion that they're going to be played uh you know on z100 new york pop station or, or no but i mean you want to get on a, on, a, on a rock station sure and but and that song probably can get played on you know hair nation or something yeah d snyder's house of hair or yeah. six cents maybe but uh, weezer's song it's you know that song to me you could tell that they're like, you know what? Our hardcore fans might not like this, but we need to get some new people on board, which makes me think, like, if Guns N' Roses put out a song now, um, would they have Melissa Reese heavily featured, um, you know, heavy keyboards, heavy samples, and would they put a video out maybe with her at the forefront to show, like, the hey... forefront? I can't see that. But I, I'm thinking to show, hey, we're not just these guys in our 50s or 60s you know, we're appealing to a younger crowd. We have we have an element in our band that younger kids are going to get into because they already know. I think they're going to see yeah. it, and, and I think Art did mention that she just got the the blue hair before the Troubadour show, and she had never dyed it blue before, and now she it's kind of like her trademark. Sure. So she she stands out. Yeah. You know, she stands out. By the way, I I got to make my second pick. All right, I got to do this uh, live. I'm going to take. Hmm, Todd Gurley. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so, and so the, I, uh, but what I was going to say, they already, they're probably thinking if they were to put out a single, they're like, we already have the 45-year-old guy in the Motorhead shirt who's going to go see us. You know what I mean? Like, they know who their demographic is, and no matter what song they put out, if they put out a single... Um, there, those people aren't going to stop being fans. No, but, but you, they need to br bring on new fans because there's, as we've said many times, there's 16 and eight year olds walking around New York City in Guns N' Roses shirts, and they can't name three songs by the band. Oh no! And I'm finding that I'm finding I just combined my my next word. I'm finding that out, and I, I'll admit it <laughs> on, on Tinder. You know, I'll I'll super like somebody, which is fucking creepy. Or whatever. <laughs> if you have a Guns N' Roses shirt. 
I'm going to do that. And I'll start asking questions. They don't know much about it. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I still think you're attractive, so it's okay. Uh, but you're I, like, I, what do you think of Chinese democracy? Yeah, oh, yeah. I have a funny story. That I don't think I've ever told this on the show. My okay. first year at college, before I went to Hofstra, I went to um, I went to Temple University, Did and you? I was at yeah, I was at some like keg party, and this guy's wearing you know bullet logo Guns and Roses shirt, and this was 2005. Mm-hmm. So at the party, uh, and this guy, you know, you'll see the way he responded to me. I'm like, what a douchebag, but. I was like, oh, cool shirt, man. Do you ever think they're going to put out Chinese democracy? Because it was 2005, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm at a fucking keg party, and this guy's asking me about democracy in China. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you clearly are not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's really yeah. funny. <laughs> so clearly he's, he's not a fan. Uh, but I can, right. But I can, I can see that still that the GNR brand has been out for a while, it's the iconic, you know what Slash looks like. You know, Axel has his new look, this outlaw thing. Duff is with his million followers. Everyone knows him and his uh, blonde mane. And now I think you have really uh, marketable guys, or guys and gals, uh, with Melissa Reese. And I think Frank is very marketable uh, as a person. So I think they should all be featured in a video. Should not be like the better video that kind of came out years after. I didn't even know it came out. I think somebody from GNR Forum uh, told us after we discussed it one episode, if it ever came out, and it did years later. Oh, yeah. And I'm shocked that that's an official video because it's very thrown together. Yeah, no, it it is, but I'd have to think that they're going to do something smart because they've been very interesting. And and what I've been... We've been retweeting or resharing on on Facebook their their online campaign. So they, they did something, I guess, what you can call like a vignette, you know, a short minute video of different fans from different uh, parts of the world and venues uh, talking about what a great show this is. You know, Axel sounds brilliant. You got to get your tickets. So they have that machine going. And I guess the question now, where is it going to go? So that's why we're talking about these things, where the, now they're back in North America. What's the next step? And Eddie Trunk, I heard talk about this. He was saying, you know, they're, they sold out football stadiums. Next, they're selling out arenas. You know, they're playing. and they've been adding more dates. Like I got yeah. the date for uh, was it October 11th at Madison Square Garden, and I think it was just two shows, and they added at least one more. Yep. Yeah. So they're selling and out the arenas garden. now, and yeah, the Garden, huge, you know, huge arena. And uh, what he was saying is that eventually the draw is going to die down if they keep doing this and there's not something new. So he was like, what right. are they going to do? Are they going to start doing press? Because they've done all this with absolutely no press. Right. Are they going to start... That one TV interview in Brazil. Yeah. But they could go on The Tonight Show if they wanted to. They can go on all these things. You know, the, right. anybody would want Guns N' Roses Axel did uh, Kimmel that one time, but that was but pretty... That was Axel and Friends era. Yeah. He needed the help then. So... I'm I'm wondering, well, uh, you know, Eddie Trunk originally wondered, will they do that? And then the other question is, will they maybe put out new music? Because if they put out new music, that brings some new interest to the band. Because right now, they're really just touring off their legacy. And it's the excitement of a reunion. It's more than that, though, because they're playing four, like, at least four Chinese democracy songs. Sure, but the majority of the people going in there... They're oh, there want because them. they want to hear the classic right. so stuff. I, there's I, nothing. There's nothing new that they're looking forward to. Really. So I'm wondering what the plan is then. If the, if that if the Chinese democracy uh, stuff, even though it's been new for a while, is new to a lot of people, then what happens if they do new, do uh, more new music? Do they take out more of their classic uh, tunes, which they've been playing like the same set list for a while? Yeah. But the things I, I, you know, I'm just curious about that, the, and I'm glad that they're still playing Black Hole Sun. I think that's really fascinating. You know, if you want to play a tribute, great, but they, they, they've kept it, uh, and they've been playing The Seeker. And, and Black Hole uh, the, Sun is getting better. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just interesting where they're, they're going to go with it. But, uh, but I guess we should point out that we think we're appropriately speculating on the future, because uh, Live Nation, it's all about the wording, Right. Uh, Live Nation I, uh, was trying to sell tickets for this reunion by saying, you'll catch them on their final reunion tour. Final. And it wasn't. Yeah, you know? they've never said that. <laughs> Everyone's thinking like speculation, and I think it was uh, Megan Hodges, uh, Slash's girlfriend on Instagram, said that's bullshit. So there's more stuff to come. Did you notice, by the way, this is not a new story, but I just never heard Hairball. about this, that uh, Slash and his girlfriend... They've got matching coordinate tattoos on their... He has it on his neck, 
and she has it like on her wrist. I never noticed it because it's small. It's just coordinates. But what are they like? Big battleship fans? The coordinates of what? Where, I, I guess they? a place where maybe they met. I don't know. You know, it, but it's also weird because it's a relatively new girlfriend. Yeah, it is. That's a pretty big commitment. Yeah, a tattoo yeah, on your neck. Yeah, it is. I don't, so I don't know if you saw that. I guess you didn't. No, yeah. see? All right. So you, you teach me things. It's, it's old news, though. It's not, you know, but I, I just thought it was kind of, since it. you brought up his girlfriend. Mm, that's interesting. Maybe he'll do one day he'll do what The Undertaker did. He just laser off the tattoo off his, of his neck. Oh, Undertaker lasered off the neck. Oh, tattoo. yeah. He had that's his ex-wife, uh, Sarah, over here. And now he's dating uh, Michelle McCool. Sorry. Don't get your I was just watching some wrestling. wife's name tattooed to your neck. On your, I wouldn't get any female tattooed on me. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't honestly. Yeah, why. it's funny. Jason Delgado, who was right here, Marine Scott Sniper. Oh wait, isn't that actual sister though that he has tattooed on him? I believe. I the, didn't the know female? who the woman was because I thought it was speculated it was his girlfriend. I don't know at the uh, time. We probably should know. Maybe somebody yeah. will correct us. Someone, I'm sure John Miller knows, and he's like, "You fucking idiots." I'm, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, um, Jason Delgado, Marine Scott Sniper, uh, who was just here a few days ago. Uh, in that empty chair, he's a tattoo artist, and yeah, he's like, he's like, I have the names of like four women tattooed to me. I'm like, really, bro? Come on. Nope, nope, ne- never will uh, will do that. Uh, so it's just interesting. Where you know what I'm seeing a lot of speaking of tattoos, a lot of not in this lifetime people getting tattoos more and more. Of not in this lifetime. Wow. Yeah, of, ju- of just that. I mean, you're marking something. Uh, the new logo, the uh, GNFNR, and the way that's that's scripts, cool. Yeah, a lot of uh, those tattoos are coming out. I still have my first one back here. I'm not getting naked. Of right course. Now. Well, I'm just saying, uh, of course, uh, you still have it. Uh, unless uh, you're planning uh, on lasering it off. Of user illusion. Oh, uh, more uh, in the future. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, now I'm just kind of free associating that they're a big tattoo band. Yeah, they are. They seem to be creative enough to, to, to do like to do something with that because they mean something. The logos are all really cool and artistic. To do like maybe like a uh, like when you saw, um, oh my god, when you saw Dokken yeah. in, in South Dakota when he was in that venue where it was a music venue, right? And it was a tattoo parlor yeah. and a radio station. So to get tattooed and and you know go to see Guns N' Roses. I mean, I can see them doing something that creative. Yeah. to do it. But, I, I mean, it, we this gets bring up brought up every few episodes, but Gathering of the Juggalos, they've had tattoo artists there before. <laughs> I have a friend who got the Hatchet Man on his leg, like at the gathering. Isn't Gathering of the Juggalos uh, like it's the same day as some sort of Trump event or something? Oh no, the, the Juggalo March on Washington. <laughs> yeah, fuck this world. This world's all. It's crazy though. That's. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a little worried of how that's going to turn out. Well, uh, worried for the juggalos or worried for the other side? Both. You know, I think it could get violent. I wouldn't be shocked. All right. Well, and, and it's for those of you, uh, if this is like your your first episode, we have spoken in length about insane clown posse on this episode. But we we tie it in. We do because it's in uh, Silent J's book talking about uh, Silent J, Violent J, Violent J, <laughs> talking about Slash. Shows you I don't. Jay and I, Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> shows you what I know, man, or yeah. what I don't know. But uh, I guess to go back to what we were saying before, what new music, what it would sound like from Guns N' Roses, they should do what Weezer uh, is, is doing because it's really hard. It's that crossover. You think they should? Because I think it would disappoint a lot of fans if they put out a Weezer. And we're not saying Chinese, Weezer, but we're saying something that appeals to younger fans. Yeah. I think Chinese democracy already put that bar of like, what is this? This is weird. Because I still remember... And somebody posted it, and I'm glad it reminded me of the, the meaning uh, behind If the World Ends Today uh, on, I think it's the fourth or fifth track on Chinese Democracy. And when I first heard it, I, I literally said out loud, what the fuck is this? It's falsetto guitars, Spanish guitars. It's just, it sounds like a porno song. <laughs> and he, he went to say that he wrote it like basically a Bond song. Yeah. He, like if he was ever going to write it. It sounds like a Bond song. So, and that's really weird. And... But you know, my, so my thing I'm going to say though is that when you're saying oh they already set the bar with this is weird, the, the fans them. who feel that way though they they still are able to fall back on well Slash wasn't there Duff wasn't there this is just the Axel side project it's not really Guns and Roses they would so, be upset if it was if it was uh, them if it was like yeah, actually Guns now, and Roses yeah now they'd be like wow these guys got together and this is what they're making like yeah people no matter what they make man it's going to get ears people are going to want to hear it. And, oh, 100%. You know, you don't want to disappoint their hardcore fans. At the same time, you don't want to make something that people hear and they're like, you know, oh, this is nostalgic. It doesn't really fit into the marketplace today. I could see them, if they're going to have songs that 
do uh, push the boundaries to do to get that crossover to get on a Z100, you know, uh, maybe on a light FM because they're old enough <laughs> by this point. Well, you were saying, um, you know, Lincoln Park because they're before Chester died. That song, heavy, yeah, like that was played on a Z100 top forty radio. It was, and I made the mistake of dismissing it right away because I didn't like it. You know, at least what I thought. I didn't do what I did with Chinese Democracy when I gave him multiple listens, and I just dismissed it. And after he died, much like I did with Chris Cornell and Prince and Glenn Frey, uh, Lemmy, Scott Weiland, listened to their music, you know, just for weeks on end afterwards, uh, that Linkin Park's last record is good. It doesn't sound anything like early Linkin Park, but it's still a good record. But I could see what maybe, if there's new guns, what they may do is... Maybe what like Metallica did. Here's the album, but here's the single. And you're like, if you don't like that single, like, hey, wait till you hear the rest of the record. Yeah. And it's just not on the radio yet, because it just seems like this is the last bastion. You're you're finding more and more older rock stars saying, you know, there's no passion in in the rock industry now. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like they're like the saving grace of the of the rock world, and we need something. Uh, and by the way, I I need to pick again. Mm-hmm. So should I take uh, Michael Crabtree from the Raiders? I think I might do that because I'm not going to take anyone from Denver. They don't have a quarterback. So I'm going to uh, draft Michael Crabtree. This See, is reminding that, me that of was uh, a live that was a live uh, <laughs> draft pick. This is reminding me of that. Uh, I, I, it was from a different show. It wasn't from Kroll's show. But did you think? Did you ever hear that clip of Nick Kroll? Where he's like final, uh, where he says fantasy football is my religion. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's is so it, funny. Was it from the league? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. The, the whole show about that. And by the way, my team name is called Cam of God because Cam Newton was my keeper instead of Lamb of God. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So I don't know. I figured I'd mention I that. I Lamb of God right away. But yeah, now that I've heard. Okay. All right. Well, that's. Uh, it's not, it's not offensive cares. enough, though, people would probably say. I usually get really offensive. Yeah, that's but not I, very I, offensive. I decided not to do it this time around. Yeah. No. Our friend Michael Bins, I'm sure he's very offensive. I want to get always... I want to get our friend. I've I've been meaning to say that to you. I want to get our friend Mike Bins on the show. He works for what on Sirius? Uh the Wellcat Majority. And he's a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And that's actually yeah, not on our level. He's a fan. But that's how I met you, even though we sure. both work at Sirius. I wouldn't call him a super fan though, like us. He's enough that we can bring him on oh, and sure. it'll be entertaining enough. Because that's actually where I met you. I yep. uh, went with Mike to the Roseland show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and his girlfriend was very drunk at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was the four of us seeing the DJ Ashba version of Guns N' Roses. I, I had a great time. Okay, yeah, I have no it, complaints here. No, it, it was good. But I, I left feeling, which I've discussed numerous times in this show, that I did not see Guns N' Roses. I didn't. I left last time saying that. Uh, so it's going to be... It's going to be interesting for me uh, to see them this time around in uh, in the garden, first time since O2, the Buckethead version, and they canceled the tour the next day, the Chinese Democracy tour. Are they going to play the garden at the garden? I got to follow and up. the Garden of Eden. <laughs> I, you know, it's 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 really funny. I was actually going to because I, I mentioned Alice Cooper was at iHeart uh, the other day, and I I've met him before. I could have easily met him again. And uh, breaking the fourth wall, which I always do here, I had a an, appoint, an appointment with my therapist, and I had already had like cancel on her a couple of weeks, and I wanted to do that. So I'm like, Alice Cooper, I really need to talk to my therapist. So I went to <laughs> I went to therapy, uh, but without I would have said, and I have spoken to uh, Catherine Terman, who's on I think it was a few episodes ago uh, with us, who's the uh, producer of Nights with Alice Cooper, who is just a brilliant journalist. Who's been friends with Duff since you know they were kids? Uh, that she's gonna bring that up to Alice, you know, and hopefully because like, she's like, I've made weirder things happen. Yeah, and I did bring up again, like, hey, did I dream the fact that you said that you might want to try to get Alice Cooper on our show to talk about the recording of the Garden? So if so, if, she says she will. If you're at the show though, and you see Alice Cooper come on stage, are you going to be screaming out, "I made that happen"? <laughs> of course. Yeah, I was going to go take my shirt off. That was me. No, because everyone's going to understand that. No, I'm sure uh, Catherine would let me know. So uh, hopefully one day we uh, knock on wood get uh, Alice Cooper on the show because uh, that would that awesome. would just be uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous folks, tremendous. <laughs> oh God, he's Axel seeping Co- into my skin. Axel Cooper, Axel, <laughs> Axel Cooper, <laughs> Alice Cooper, great front man. Yeah, great front man. Tremendous singer. 
Oh, great. Tremendous songwriter. Because there's a lot of... I, I wanted to... Because that's a great song, uh, Garden. Yeah. And I want to know more about that. So and they, I'd like to hear it at Madison Square Garden. Uh, we mentioned this before the show. Okay, what would they do now? What could they bring... Other than the music, what could they do to bring more people out when it does dissipate? Would they have Alice Cooper come out? Sure. Would they have Billy Joel come out? Where Axl Rose has come out on Billy oh, Joel yeah, well, shows. We were also even saying um, before we recorded, would they have them as guest appearances on the album if they put out a new album? Which I think would be a huge like. Right. Could you imagine a new a new Guns N' Roses single featuring Billy Joel? It's like both of those acts who have had massive number one hits or you know top forty hits. GNR hasn't had you know. Does GNR even have number one hits? I'd have to double check that. Number um, one hits? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I wish we'll, I had we'll a double check. But anyway, I should know this. They both have had. We don't claim to be experts. Yeah. We're just fans. They both have had massive hits. Is the bottom line. But but they're both long overdue for a hit. You know, so you wonder if like New Guns N' Roses lineup teamed up with Billy Joel, put out a song. That'd be huge news. There's a lot of things because you never know. Because uh, I was I was listening to a lot of Queen over the weekend. You know how Bohemian Rhapsody like once again charted after. Uh, Wayne's World. Now, I initially, when I first saw the trailer for the new Jumanji, and it's called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, I was like, oh, are, you, are you ripping them off? And they're playing the theme music? I'm like, oh, they clearly worked something out. So yeah. you never know. I mean, by the way, the trailer, it looks like a good movie. I just don't know why it's called Jumanji. If if it is, I hope that the song recharts, uh, much like Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, very topical. Uh, so, right. And then I'm also thinking when you said uh, collaborations, that's how you, now you cross over with that Linkin Park you just song you just mentioned. I forget the name of the Heavy. artist. Yeah, I forget the name of the, not the name of the song, the artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, that's, that sang on a Kiara or something like that. I think you're right, yeah. Uh, would they do something like that? Uh, reading about the new Foo Fighters record, they just got, I believe, uh, Sean. Because uh, I know there's uh, Wani Morris, who's the guy on uh, Dancing with the Stars, the guy who looks like Ken Griffey Jr., and then the other guy, I believe his name is Sean. I used to be, I actually think, think I still have the cassette of uh, I'll Make Love to You. I was a huge Poison Man, man. <laughs> still am. Uh, that he, Sean's going to be on one of the heavier Foo Fighter songs. That's crazy. Uh, Paul McCartney, I mean, that one you, you makes sense. He's going to be playing drums, though, on new Foo Fighters. Wow. So what could Guns N' Roses do to do something like that? Song with a little yachty. That, you know, <laughs> it's a little yachty. Did you just make that up? Because it was a little something. Oh, no, something. he's huge. He's like the big, that's what like the kids love these days. And I know I'm saying the There's kids, a little something. Like, Every. Oh, Lil Yachty. He's the guy with like the red cornrows and kids fucking love him, man. Kids he's are... terrible, but it's like that trap music <laughs> shit. Kids so like, can you imagine a, a Guns N' Roses trap music song? I don't, well, I don't think it's going to happen. That's but. what I'm saying. Would they get something? Like, would they get a future yeah. You know, would they Drake? Get, would they get a Drake? Because they've been getting some unique openers. Yeah. Right? They've had Did, fucking Kylie Jenner at the show and Yeah, so would they do that? Would they have a rap breakdown? Well, I you know I, the weirdest one would be, of course, they'd Skrillex open, you know, yes. Guns N' Roses Skrillex. Right. And Skrillex did do a whole album with Korn, and that was a little weird, and fans responded a little strange to it. I don't think he did the whole album. It was the EDM Korn album. Yeah, that's got. when Jonathan Davis was saying that the uh, the laptop is like a new instrument, which yeah. I, I didn't like. I don't like that. That's It's like, to me, look, I, I know being a, uh, a DJ, when people like, when I say I'm a DJ, yeah. they're like, oh, you're a DJ? You're like, no, not the wicka, wicka, wicka. No, I'm like an actual disc jockey. Well, the thing is, the, with those DJs, I too, don't... I will say there's people, when you do that, it's, like... You know, Jam Master Jay was like from Run DMC, like super talented guy. Ta but then, no, I'm not, not saying there's no talent oh, involved. Well, what I was going to say for some of them, because last night I was watching the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. As with I, my was friends. I? Oh, so for did, free on Periscope. Did you see when they showed uh, DJ Bling? There, so no. they, they showed some guys spinning outside and they were like, and Dumbest you know, playing right now is DJ Bling. And this guy, he doesn't have turntables in front of him. He's just hitting Did a song. Do you have a microphone? He, he's just hitting a song, and he's like, you know, dancing to it, adjusting the levels. <laughs> and, I, you know, I laughed when my friend Mark was just like, man, this guy's so talented. <laughs> you know, because there are DJs who are talented, but then there's also, there you know, DJ Bling. Because I do want to reach out to at some point. I mean, I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, Mix Master Mike. Because mm. uh, of course he that opened up awesome. for for Guns N' Roses back in the Chinese Democracy and tour. He was uh, from infamously Beastie Boys. at the St. Louis show. Or, oh no, the Philadelphia show. 
where did they ever even come out? I think they never came out. No, I don't out. think they came out. Yeah, and I th- I believe from reading the show, I mean, this I haven't read about this in years, but that he kept having to say like every half hour, like, oh, Axel's backstage. They're going to come out any moment now. I rem- it never I, came out. I just remember him being on for a long time because uh, I believe it was CKY that first opened. I love CKY. And uh, I just listened to some 99 Bitter Beginnings on the way here. No, a 99 Quite Bitter Beginnings. <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, so... Then I think it was Mixed Master Mike, and I'm like, this just seems like it's going on for a long time. But, yeah, I know there are talented people who do it, but for the most part, I'm like, I just think it's like being talented at, like, I don't know, a video game or uh, something, anything technical. It's different when you're playing instruments. So that's why it bothers me. Like, Guns N' Roses, why do you need keyboards? Keyboard's still an instrument. It's piano. It's different. But they do have samples and all that. And also, you know... Yeah, oh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know what's (laughs) weird, too, with Guns N' Roses, when I think about the uh, new members, is that they, like, these guys, other than Axel, actually, never really walk off stage when they're not needed. So I feel like they they feel the need to utilize all these members at all times. And the example I'm thinking of, which we've mentioned on the show... Menudo? Is, no, is having... um, (laughs) Dizzy Reed played bongos on Welcome to the Jungle. Right. And I've heard many people on the forums and stuff say, like, this song does not need fucking bongos. But they feel the need to, like, have them up there doing something. Yeah, no, you're up there. I mean, you're still giving a performance, you yeah. know. But it I is mean, weird. Welcome to the Jungle. Why does it need bongos? <laughs> I just look at it like um, the guy for, was it, the Mighty Mighty Boston's, who just goes up there and skanks and dance the entire time. So, I mean, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, so I'm just like, you know, maybe, I don't know, why not have Dizzy Reed walk off stage for a few songs or come back? Unless he needs to take a shit break. I guess he doesn't <laughs> need to. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I would like to see some of these changes. It's going to be interesting where does this end, this, this leg of this... Uh, I don't, like, I don't want to say tour, but of this uh, plan, I guess. Because there, there seems to be, there's still a future. And, I, and I would uh, assume, especially Axel, has to be tired. It's been like nonstop almost. But then it's going to be Axel DC, ACDC, that he has not dismissed that. That seems to be, that's going to happen. Uh, so there's just a lot of different questions coming up. And when you're seeing is more and more of our rock stars is dying. And then this last pillar, this last band... <laughs> You know, we we kind of we need them around to yeah, do yeah, this stuff. So I, I'm I'm hope cherish it, and uh, I hope uh, that they do make new music because I don't want to, you know. Yes, I, I love seeing these songs live for the first time, finally with Axel and Slash, but I want to see the next generation because rock is friggin' hurting. Yeah. Even if they do something that spawns off or inspires something, you know, uh, that that's what I want. That's what I want at this point. The fact that I'm even saying that, though, is weird, because just years ago that they weren't doing anything. Yeah. I, w- I would be so happy, man, to hear a new Guns N' Roses album. I, I need to hear it, no matter what it sounds like. Um, but, you know, you just don't want it to be a money grab. You want it to be these guys in the studio. You know, I would hate to hear that, like, Axel recorded his vocals at a different studio than where Slash plays his guitar parts and stuff like that. Like, I, mean, I want them to be in the same studio, really collaborating and doing something that all of them are happy with. I mean, if that's how they used to do it, because, I mean, they used to trade back and forth on the, on the phone. I think in one of those early uh, Axel interviews, he's saying, like, you know, Slash would call me up with this guitar part, and i call back with lyrics. I mean, everyone's different. But as long as they're, you know, I don't want it to be like, oh, Axel recorded his vocals in New York City, and Slash recorded his guitar parts in California, and Duff no, you you want know, to recorded be or- in Minneapolis. Or so, you know, no, you I, want to be organic, and I think yeah. they, they, I want them to set an example, to be honest. I want them to be the parents for all these fucking baby bands yeah, like, coming up, of how to record a song. Yeah, and, and for example, um, I was pretty disappointed with the final Motley Crue album, because it's really not a Motley Crue album. Was that Saints of Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah, and you look at the songwriting credits, and it's basically a 6 a.m. album. Yeah. It was written by, like, the 6 a.m. guys, and, you know, including Nicky, but DJ AM wrote, you know, more than half the album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at the classic Motley Crue lineup stuff, and Tommy Lee did a little of the writing, and uh, Vince did a little of the writing, and Mick. Uh, Nikki Six was always the pr- the primary songwriter, mm-hmm. but it's like you know with Guns N' Roses, I want these guys to all collaborate together. I'd rather them not put an album out than put out you know a subpar thing because the legacy is too important to me. And you know I've said many times before, I'm a huge fan of Chinese democracy, so I want to see something that's at, at the very least on par with that. I hope so. 
And because I, I, it's going to be interesting what Slash and Duff may do with it, because the fact that they've been playing Chinese democracy stuff and they've been, I don't know, they, they've, they've, they've made it their own. So I got to expect that this record would lean more towards Chinese democracy than it would Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver, as I saw. Or Slash and... Uh, Slash and Miles Kennedy and the yeah. Conspirators. Uh, Which I'm, I've said before, I'm just not really that into. There are, there are some plenty of songs I like. You know, Back to Cali uh, that he did. Um, I'm trying to think. Anastasia is a great song. You know, on that first record, though, there's, there's a lot of... That Chris Cornell song, Promise, incredible. The Ozzy song is incredible. Uh, so, but he's still that '80s, you know, slash rock and roll. Yeah, it's, that's what he. Yeah, he he doesn't like to really leave that reservation, other than having you know Fergie and uh, you know big names on the album. But it's still yeah. Uh, what's his face? So Adam Levine was yeah. on it. Uh, but it's going to be. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it, and I think it's going to have to go in the way the Axel wants it to go. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of the, the the compromise. Like, yeah, we'll we'll do it your way, Axel, but let's put our spin on it, which is the way it should be. So, and I, I I discussed this, I believe, in the episode with uh, with Catherine, the amount of Buckethead I've been listening to. It was a Buckethead Axel record, <laughs> and Buckethead makes weird shit. It's, it's not going to be Chinese democracy. Yeah, it's a no, lot of, no one's like Buckethead. Well, if you look at the songwriting credits, though, on uh, Chinese democracy, it's kind of all over the place, you know. It is, but I'm wondering. It's got some Josh Freeze, you know? right? Well, I mean, that's that's just a collective, you know. Everyone, uh, th- there's got to be a documentary of just the, the, oh, the Chinese democracy. I could watch like a nine-hour documentary on you that. Know, yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be the Roots version of uh, Guns N' Roses. I mean, it's been probably the worst analogy ever, but. <laughs> It's been speculated upon that it was like the most expensive album ever made. Yeah. I've heard that said. I don't know if it's, you know, fact-checked, but I, I do think that would be an amazing documentary. There's got to be We'll footage. look into it. We'll do some investigator uh, reporting, trying to get more. <laughs> so we should get all these these side characters that we've gotten from the the early days. Like, we got you know, Chris Webber, Vicki Hamilton. Uh, we're going to get Raz uh, Q on soon uh, that we can get from the Chinese democracy era. Yeah. So which um so before we wrap here, um I was just thinking because you mentioned Are you gonna Ozzy. freestyle? No, I was gonna mention oh, Ozzy. Because you mentioned rapping, sorry. <laughs> That's uh, terrible. I, when you said Ozzy's song on Slash, uh on Slash's album, yeah. I, I just have to ask you or anybody checking this out if you got a chance to see Ozzy do Bark at the Moon during the solar eclipse. And it happened. Pretty isn't fucking that, cool, isn't man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. See, that goes to show you, you can have something planned, like What's-Her-Face singing Total Eclipse of the Heart on, yeah. the, on the boat, but Ozzy singing... I'm trying to think of her name now. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my... It, and it didn't sound oh, good. Uh, Ozzy actually sounded pretty good. Uh, oh, and I guess I remember our, uh, our Art putting out something funny, saying that that singer of Total Eclipse of the Heart was like a white supremacist, just like fucking <laughs> trying to trigger people. Uh, but just like the evil Ozzy, and you can see as he's singing Bark at the Moon, just... The moon just it just gets darker and darker and darker, and you would see the comments that people were at that show like, this doesn't even show like what it was like to be there. Yeah, that's just like, Ozzy's God. Yeah, he my friend, God. my friend Derek <laughs> was there who uh, had a short-lived career that you might remember on uh, Jim Opie and Jim show, and he went by D Bag. <laughs> he was there, uh, okay. one of their producers. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he, he went with his girlfriend all the way to, I don't even remember where it is. It's like Illinois or some shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. But wherever, like, there was total visibility of it. Uh, yeah, flew to see Ozzy Osbourne play Bark of the Moon during the eclipse, which I, I think would have been funny if he just did Bark of the Moon and left. Like, you went all the way there just to see him play one song. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if that's the song where you're not going to, there's no chance of that. When's the next eclipse? It's not going to be for, like... Well, 20 years or something. Well, I think you know, the next, like, total, total eclipse or whatever, because there's also the annual... Right, but yeah. I'm saying that the next chance that there's a total eclipse of the heart or whatever, <laughs> that Ozzy may not be alive. So. What did you think of it, by the way? Of the eclipse? Yeah, like, did you watch it? I, I mean, I, I appreciate the science of it, but, I mean, I don't, what am I really going to see? You know, like, I, I see... Unless I, you know, it's out there, hey, it's fully <laughs> over the sun. But I'm, I'm here just... I was actually here... Uh, at, well, not here. Uh, I was at iHeart. And okay. I, and I guess hear people, oh, oh, look at the sun. Look, look, look. And it's like it's like that for 10 minutes. You sound like Shepard Smith, of all people. Did yeah. you see Shepard Smith's reaction to it? What, he, that he didn't care? Oh, yeah. He's just so overly sarcastic, Shepard Smith. 
Yeah, so no, I, I don't want to be one of those bitter people. You. I don't like, oh, I don't care. It was, it. But he was pr- pretty funny about it. I'll, yeah. I'll show you after we're done. No, I mean, I, I it's, it's science. It's physics. I, I like it. But I guess, I, you know, it was not like it was a comet. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up here. I see that John Miller has joined us. Uh, uh, do we have gotten any comments? Kim, Jason. Yeah, earlier on, someone said something about ha twice in an episode, and I don't even know what that's referring to. Uh, Jason said, wow, you're a funny looking bunch. Ha <laughs> ha, kidding. Can't watch now, but we'll check out uh, later, lads. Uh, and that's really about it. You know, um, this is the first live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at the AFD show since we just put this on Facebook. Um, yeah, follow you at, at Belbiv Brando on Twitter. I'm at Ian Scotto, uh, Facebook.com slash Ian Scotto Radio. And we, I uh, appreciate taking you guys behind the scenes and seeing like what we do here. Um, and it's actually, this is nicer sound quality than when I do soft rep because usually there's a million things going on in the background. This sounds almost soundproof. Almost. It's kind of cool. Um, so is that it? Is that, uh, I feel like I'm the one hosting now because I'm behind the board and you're usually the guy who's, uh, you know, no, no. doing the intro and the outro. I'm so. trying to think that I that I get everything on my on my docket as I'm I'm still and I'm managing and, to do and, my draft. And John Miller, of course, says, "Do it live." <laughs> Thanks, John. Which you know, the Bill O'Reilly. Thanks, reference. John. And uh, Max's girlfriend from up in Ottawa, Anastasia. I appreciate her listening. You know, huge uh, Guns N' Roses fan. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we we may have we could always talk about it, but I mean, this is a, it's a topic a topic we've discussed before. Uh, Tracy Guns put something out about the cameras, you know, the yeah. bands of that era. It's yeah, where he basically said just in, enjoy the show. You know, we don't want flashing in our faces. The right, whole time. so it's awkward. But it. so I will mention, I don't know if it's public knowledge, but Tracy Guns is doing a, a podcast coming up soon. Nice. And His own, you're saying? No, no, no. Oh, okay. oh, I'm sorry. He's being interviewed. I just don't know. Okay. It's a, with a friend of ours. I just don't know if I can say it. Yes. Got you. Uh, but it's just interesting because next week uh, I'll be doing the show with our friend John Miller, who uh, brought uh, Raz Q, again, uh, the first um, manager of L.A. Guns, wrote the book The Days of Guns and Razzes uh, to us. So that's going to be next week. And I'm just looking forward to uh, talking about that because I believe that episode's coming out the same day as that Tracy Guns episode, which was obviously not planned. So that's kind of that's interesting. And your friend Joseph Weinreb says, please give me a kiss. Oh, yeah. Joe is an amazing painter. He's a huge Slipknot fan and loves the uh, homoerotic humor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's got like, Slipknot tattoos, and he's, he's freaking crazy, man. Uh, I believe that's it, man. Uh, I'm seeing uh, Lady Gaga tomorrow at City Field. I nice. cannot wait. What do you think of the new album? Did I ask you this Joanne, you, I actually yeah. first listened to it. It's not my favorite. It's not bad, but it's not my favorite. See, you know what? We'll wrap it up like this. I would love to see uh, Lady Gaga do something with Guns N' Roses. I was a massive fan of what she did with Metallica. Even with all the errors. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it sounded great. It made me like the song I mean, yeah, more. But James didn't sound great. Cause... Oh, because he didn't, couldn't hear him. Yeah. Yeah, put the mic, it's the first rule of broadcasting. Put the mic on. I remember there was almost like conspiracies over that. Of like, oh, they're trying to sabotage the fact there's a rock group up oh, there. Sh- How come it <laughs> didn't happen with like any of the rappers or... People need to shut up. It's just, it just <laughs> sucks. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's appropriate. That's what rock and roll is. We always got to fight back. Uh, no, I believe uh, that's it. So I will, you know, see you guys next week. Uh, well, I guess you'll hear me next week as we do the recording. Um, Ian, uh, probably just in a couple weeks, we'll figure it out. Yes, sir. So we'll figure out the future. We'll, uh, just follow us for updates at the AFD show on Facebook and Twitter. And I think you're, we're off to see, uh, or if you're still in Terminator 2 and 3D while it's uh, still Maybe. in Maybe. I have, I, I have some like stuff I got to do early tomorrow. Or your draft? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, no I, that I can multitask. Because for any of you, I mean, there is a Guns N' Roses connection there. Of course, you could be mine. Oh, this Which, sti- yeah. you know, we didn't mention that. So you could be mine is, of course, in Terminator. Two and now there's been um, a little bit more press with Terminator Two being re-released in select theaters in 3D. Um, so James Cameron has done some interviews where he made controversial remarks, which you might have seen. Did you see that? No. He said that like Wonder Woman was a step uh, behind for cinema uh, and like a step backwards for cinema. Did you really? Yeah, and so that got a huge backlash on Twitter, as you could expect. I feel like that's the only negative review on them. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know the context of why he said it, but people weren't happy. And then I guess Arnold did a little bit more. I don't know if he did publicity, but he came out there and said that, um, or James Cameron may may have said it. I'd have to reread it. 
but that Arnold went to go see GNR record Use Your Illusions in the studio, mm-hmm. um, and he was the one who decided, he claims... Uh, that when he heard You Could Be Mine, he was like, this is the song we should put in Terminator 2, hmm. which is pretty cool if that's true. I mean, and get, I think it was perfect. Play. I mean, I can't think of a better song for let's that Let's get scene. Arnold on the podcast. Oh, dude, that would be, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Well, they were talking about Joe Rogan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, they were going to say when Joe Rogan did episode 1000, I saw comments that were like, got to get Arnold on episode 1000, but he didn't do anything that special. Oh, oh I, I'll end it here. I had a dream last night. About Arnold? No. <laughs> About Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza called myself. I never met him. I've still, I've never met the the former catcher. I did. And he wanted to be on the show and talk Guns N' Roses, basically just to berate me that he's a bigger fan. That would be a big yes. So if I, everyone I'm hoping, yes, no, I'm hoping that my, it was a premonition, not just a dream. So we'll see. Uh, so yeah, uh, hang tight. And in the words of Chinese democracy, what will you see in the future of Appetite for Destruction? No, I, I totally fucked up. Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> destruction. So yeah, that's I've live. I've called the show made, Appetite for Destruction. I've made before. it through almost an entire show without messing up. And you know what's funny? More people are joining us as we're wrapping up. So That's funny. So I mean, well, we, we tried to give uh, some notice about when we will be live. Uh, we may do this again in these yeah, studios. Yeah, it's cool, man. And this was fun. And, and it wasn't, you know, that big of a distraction because we got the camera behind us. I know that you saw the back of my head a lot of that, but, you know, it happens. No, I actually kind of like not having to be on the controls and worry about, did I save this and like, fuck yeah, up? Yeah, I worry about that, too. That's why I'll, like, open this and be like, am I, am I saving? So it was nice. It was, it was a nice little uh, break for me. So, in the words of axel rose to kurt loader concerning chinese democracy when is the next time you're gonna see us well i don't know if as soon as the word but you'll see it you've been listening to the distorted minds of brando and scotto dissecting all things guns and roses on appetite for distortion follow the guys on twitter at the afd show and on facebook at facebook.com slash the afd show security, I'm going home.